0: warning some members of this podcast have been known for gratuitous use of the f-word if the f-word is something that offends you fuck it let's do this
1: awesome hit the theme music doug
0: live from casa del jimbo this is Ignore the Rant. Fantastic. And if you're a repeat listener, welcome back. If you're a new listener, well, welcome. Welcome for the first time.
2: It's going to be absolutely odd not to have Doug on this episode, I'm going to say.
0: Yeah, if, if you've never listened before, uh, you probably didn't notice any difference there. But if you've listened to any episode prior, even our intro episode, um, Doug, our, our one third of Ignore the Rant would always, on the fly, as he hit record, come up with, uh, uh, the quippiest little. Well, how did you how did you say it? It's a it's an alliteration. Yeah, he would yeah. just off the dome just be like, "Welcome our fearless frozen friends in Texas, Jesus." You know, and, and I'm just yeah. He did it the first episode ever, and I was like, "Well, that's your thing. Mm-hmm. Like, that's your." Can you please do that every time? And he said, yeah.
2: And it's absolutely 100% legit that he does it off the top of his head. It's not something where he sits there, scribbles in a notebook for hours. It's just, you know, right at that moment, whatever, you know, seems jolly to him, he's going to throw it out there.
0: Yeah, no, Doug's entire method is no planning, whatever happens, don't bog me down with notes. Which is one of the best things about them, Mm -hmm. is, you know, I like to think, overthink things, plan things out, write things down, forget half of them, and then, you know, by the time we hit record, we might hit two or three out of the eight or nine things that I tried to overplan, but yes, if you listened to last week's episode and you made it all the way to the end, I don't know how many people actually make it all the way to the end, Mm -hmm. right before the the sweet, sweet outro music comes in. But Doug is taking a little hiatus. I think right now it's projected to be a three-week, which would be three-episode hiatus, to focus on other endeavors uh, that are, well, they're in a crucial time right now with his band as far as writing, getting some video components going. So he needs to use that time. He needs to be fully focused on his number one project. This podcast was always his second or third or fifth most important thing he had going on. So he was nice enough to basically give me the ability to take the podcast out of his studio and into uh, my house. So yeah, welcome to the same podcast, minus a third and recording from a different location.
2: Yeah, so any returning listeners, if this sounds... You know, a slight bit different. You hear anomalous sounds that you would not usually have heard before. Uh, Take that into account.
0: Yeah, you might even hear a dog walking across the floor, lapping up water. You might even hear Doug's dog in the backyard barking, because we're not even in the studio. No. We're not in a nice uh, soundproof, um, you know, enclosure that basically... If you leave the door shut too long, uh, you'll pass out because there's not enough oxygen flowing because it's so soundproof. But um, anyway, this is Ignore the Rant. This is our uh, final episode of February. Uh, It's actually going to be coming out in March, but it is Sunday, February 28th. It is the last day of the second month. And what, you know it? We got a second review. Oh shit, what'd they say? We got another review. From what underscore what, one, two, three, four. And I don't know who this is, but we're going to read this review because I like it. And that's really all it takes is make me like what you say, and I'll repeat it. What do you think what
2: what is in reference to? Do you think this is a Stone Cold fan from
0: what? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I don't know, but they're good at counting. And Uh. that is a true sign of intellect. And that's what this show exemplifies, obviously. Oh, for sure. So here we go. I'm just here to counter the one stars. And it reads as follows. I'm usually wittier, but it's early, and Bull Parade pretty much summed it up. Bull Parade being their first reviewer. Yes. My feelings about this podcast mirror the feelings these guys have about football. That sounds good. We love football. hmm I can't wait to listen to them. But I'm intensely jealous of what they're getting to do. XOXO not signed. Not someone affiliated with Q. Ah, <laughs> see, they listen. They listen. Yeah. Because otherwise, had they not done that, mm-hmm. I I'd have to start keeping a tally. Yeah. We got 16 more.
2: This is this is what our base sounds like. I'm assuming is just you know they know how to identify themselves to us.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Every every show has like uh, the regular guys here in Atlanta had petite tongue. Like that was like their thing. It was just odd. Huh. Ours, I guess, is just going to be signing off as not Q. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because trust me, I totally get, I was actually having a conversation with uh, one of my buddies who I know listens to this show, and I was mentioning to him, you know, part of me really feels like I need to kind of clear the air every few episodes, because I know how I come across, and I know how I'm going (laughs) to come across in this episode. Uh And, you know, if I didn't know me, or I guess even worse yet, some of my friends that do know me, if they listen to this, they've got to be going, man. This guy sounds like he is rock solid, uh, (laughs) like far righty. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm not, Mm -mm. but I understand how I come across. I understand why if anybody just listened to this, they would, they would think that I'm starting the fourth Reich. (laughs) (laughs) I I wouldn't, I, I don't think I'd necessarily go that far. But uh, yeah, well, what my buddy said was he sure. he said, I don't think I would go exactly what you said. I don't think I would call you a Nazi. I would just say that uh, you're very sure of your position and your mind is made up. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's good enough. Well, the, there's that. And I, I also
2: uh, think that there's the aspect to you. You do like to get that kind of really honest opinion from people that you're talking to. And what better way to do that than to just be as over-the-top about your thoughts as possible. And, and I don't even know if it's... I mean, over-the-top is probably not the best way to put it. But, uh, no, I mean, you are very passionate about the things that you uh, feel. You definitely spend more time than the average uh, person listening to the news and uh, listening to differing opinions. So... It's not by any stretch of the imagination surprising. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I don't think I would classify anything that you uh, say as hateful, you know, or spiteful. It's not ever meant that way.
0: No, it is not intended that way. It, it, uh, it is. It comes from a place of like, I'd, I'd rather mock something um, that I disagree with than just come out and say, they, they're taking us straight to hell, you know, and be all crazy about it. Like, some people say that kind of dumb shit. I just go, oh, what is the what is the zone that we're not supposed to walk into? Or what is the latest word that we're not supposed to say? What group doesn't want to be referred uh, by as this term? Well, I'm going to say it. Yeah. And I can totally get where some people would immediately go, but Jim... We're not supposed to say that anymore. <laughs> We're now saying this, and I just I I am fascinated by societal whims and woes in which how far people are willing to go to not look like they are reprehensible. Yeah. You know, they they will do ridiculous, remarkably ridiculous things in my opinion. To try to signal out to everybody that, oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm a good, I'm one of the good ones. Yeah. And I just don't give a shit. Mm-mm. And I think when you don't give a shit, you end up sounding to the people that do give a shit like you are actively cheering on their demise. Sure. And if that's how it comes across, that's how it comes across. Um, I'm just having fun with it. Sure.
2: Well, and I mentioned to a to a coworker uh, this week, and I think we've said this on the podcast plenty of times. Uh, the bullshit of today is the the metal the worth of someone is more based in the facts of the things they say as opposed to the things that people do, and it, it's really in my mind reprehensible for you know what we've become as a society. That used to be the thing. Um, you know, we looked at language as a backup to the things that we see people were doing. The things that people were doing were the main, uh, thing that we, uh, you know, took as proof of there being good or not so good people.
0: Yeah. I think this, the, the bumper sticker version is actions speak louder than words and you're judged based on your actions, uh, not by your rhetoric. Mm -hmm. Your rhetoric is what gets the, well, let's be honest, you know, somebody who's not fully formed in their opinions on your side, because if they're wavering, you can win them over with your words. But really what's most important is, well, what are you actually doing? You know, if, if we're just talking, that's fine. It's great to have conversations. And some of them are entertaining. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at us. Hopefully that's a goal anyway. Sure. But what are you actually doing? Because we're not just words. We actually Mm. do things on this podcast, like beat racism. (laughs) Yeah, of course. We beat racism, ladies and gents. I wish I had a sounder. We're not in the studio with all the bells and whistles, but uh, yeah. Ignore the rant has single-handedly, this is our coming out party. This is our parade tonight. Oh, yeah. We have single-handedly brought down the biggest racists in America. Oh my god! I know it's pretty big shit. Uh-huh. Like you'll 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 not hear about any of this on like the mainstream media because I've I've been mean to them. But yeah, this week actually, as a matter of fact, I think it was either on Sunday or Monday when we were editing last week's episode, um, news broke that LinkedIn Learning uh, had pulled the Robin DiAngelo a uh, training seminar on how to be less white.
2: Oh, what a shame.
0: Yeah, so I already kind of told myself we can't take any credit for it cuz they pulled it before we released our episode. But fuck that shit. They knew we were coming for them mm-hmm. and they said if we know what's best for us and we we cannot withstand the the onslaught that will come from these podcasters in Georgia. Pull it. Fucking pull yeah. it now. We can't take it from
2: these ornery ranters
0: yeah there's some angry whites they'll be after us in no time <laughs> and a jew oh well there you go see you're i keep you in my back pocket just for these instances <laughs> you're i knew your jewishness would come in handy one day and uh-huh. uh i'm it's time to play that card i'm wondering i'm wondering when the french part's gonna come handy I don't think that one's ever going to pay off. No. Yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Hey, I got a little French in me, too. I just never talk about it. <laughs> um, so this comes out of, oh, damn it. I just spent all that time talking about how I'm not a righty. Uh, this comes from Fox News. Diversity consultant Robin, Robin D'Angelo has distanced herself from a LinkedIn training seminar after its content, which urged employees to be less white, made headlines. Slides from the seminar, quote, confronting racism, quote, were leaked by a Coca Cola employee and quickly spread on social media. The course featured D'Angelo, author of the best selling t- 2018 book, White Fragility. Rem- rem- just remember this part. She wrote an entire book about this. Mm-hmm. A statement posted on her website says D'Angelo was not the creator of the seminar. Oh, shit. What have we done, Arona? We played a seminar. Involving somebody who she didn't she didn't create this. You you don't say. Ah, damn it.
2: It looked like her face. It sounded like her voice. And it sounded like some I don't know, bullshit that somebody happened to write.
0: I mean probably her. I mean it's a it's a it's a testament to deepfake technology because yeah. I mean you could have well, you did. You fooled me. So it goes on to say that D'Angelo was unaware that her name, image, and work were being presented in this way and did not participate in or agree to the creation and distribution of an educational resource based on her research. The statement clarified that that the clips featuring D'Angelo had been taken from an interview the author did for the outlet Big Think in 2018 to promote white fragility. It went on to say that the clips had been re-edited and licensed by LinkedIn Learning as an anti-racism training resource for companies. Okay, mm. uh, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if that really makes it any different. As far as like, does that change the message that was in those videos and that, and that she clearly stands behind by the book that she wrote, White Fragility, which basically, if you're giving an interview about a book that you wrote, you're answering questions that. About your create, like if somebody was to sit me down and interview me about this podcast and I said, you know, and their question was, well, how do y'all come up with topics and, and who chooses what to talk about and what's everyone's role on the podcast? And I said, you know, well, Doug does this, Arona does this, I typically fall into this and then they just clip those and said, uh, and put it out in a training video, you know, what it's like to be a podcaster. Yeah. Would I come out and say that does not represent in any way anything that I was talking about?
2: <laughs> well, I, you know, I can certainly understand somebody trying to trying their best to say something was taken out of context. But you've got to be fucking kidding me. If you want me to believe that it's being taken out of
0: context when you say pretty much stop being white. Well, and that's what D'Angelo says here uh, in the in. Uh, continuing on with this statement, D'Angelo did not provide the slides that were included with the video, and they do not represent the work she does for her virtual or in-person presentations, trainings, and workshops, this statement said. Yeah. So, basically what she's saying is the slides, where they summarized her actual words, because she didn't create the slides, it's all not her message. I
2: don't recall, you know, when listening to any of this that I was sitting there going, you know, everything she says is right on, but fuck those slides.
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Uh, Try to be less white, but don't you dare put that in writing. Yeah. And then make a lot of people watch it. (laughs) And then put it on the internet so even more people can watch it. Like, don't do that, though.
3: Mm -mm.
0: I'm just going to say this into a camera that clearly is only going to be seen by me. It's just my own personal record. I just, mm. I just like to record myself talking about anti-racist stuff. And uh, if it happens to land me millions of dollars in deals, well, you know, that's just getting paid for the work I do. But if it gets backlash and it really pisses off like a shitload of people, I distance myself from it. Here's a curiosity. Does the adi-
2: the old adage hold up that all publicity is good publicity
0: <laughs> uh, with this situation? Well, I, I will say this. Um, more people know who she is. Uh, it depends on what she does going forward. If she never writes another book and she never releases another statement, you could say that this did nothing to help her. If... And this is more likely. In fact, I'm pretty sure this is exactly what's going to happen. Renegade, anti-racist Robin DiAngelo comes back with, you know, fire in this second book. Tell her whatever. And this one she won't distance herself from. Boom, boom, boom. Like it'll... She'll somehow, if she's smart... I'm not saying that this is going to be good for humanity or society at large. But if she's smart, she'll just... Package this into her entire cultural, societal, shake-up uh, mantra.
2: But you said, if she's smart, which, uh, didn't she go to school for sociology?
0: I mean, yeah. yeah well, Okay, cr- good good point. Um, If she's smarter than enough people that will keep her rich, oh, yeah. she will do this. By the way, that last statement is brought
2: to you by someone who did not complete college and is probably a much bigger dumbass than she is.
0: But, oh, yeah. Actually, you know, you know what? What's I that? don't think we ever address this on the show formally. Uh, I don't think at this point, you know, 38, 39 episodes in, that we even really need to say this. But there's not a single college graduate on this podcast. No, not at all. I, I've said this, especially after I left college and started working, I should have never been in college hmm Because college isn't for everybody. No, it's not. Uh, the work that I do now, I could have gone to college for it. There's degrees in it. But I also didn't need a degree. Like, if I had a degree, all it would have done was it would have saved me about two and a half years of uh on the job learning. But you have to pay to go to college, you have to pay thousands of dollars. So you could either pay a shitload of money. To go to college uh, for four years, mm-hmm. or you can spend half that time getting paid to learn the exact thing you need f- to go into an industry. And I, do you really like, need to go to college to, uh, to be able to create a life for yourself? No, mm-hmm. not at
2: all. Not required in the least.
0: And in fact, um, I think people like Robin D'Angelo prove that. Too much college uh, harms your ability to connect with regular people in society. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just like anything else, um, moderation in all things, you know, a, a little balance here. I don't think it's bad for people to go to college to be able to just see what it's like, but I don't think you have to go. No, not at all. Um, I think there's far too. Oh, fuck. The majority of people that I met in college. They had no business being there. And obviously I'm talking about people that were really, really fun to hang out with. Yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Most of them would have been far better served to just go ahead and start working on actual life skills outside of how many kegs can we tap in a semester. Well, one of my favorite, I I guess,
2: um, stories to kind of bring up as far as some of the interesting characters we went to school with um I always bring up the the day that we found out that there was going to be a dorm check. Hmm. <laughs> and one of our friends uh kept a mini fridge completely chock full of beer. And uh most of us happened to be in the same art class because uh the dormitory we were in was uh, meant to house people that are in at least some of the same classes, not, d- not the same major by any stretch of the imagination. No,
0: we were a liberal arts pod. Oh, were we? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the third floor of, oh, that's of right. this dorm, um, it, they were sectioned up based on major. This freshman dorm, they were trying something new. It was a new experiment. It was the first year that they had done it. And their goal was, let's do an experiment on these kids. By the way, thanks,
2: Jim, for bringing up the fact that we were in liberal arts just after I made fun of somebody for going to school for so- sociology. <laughs> well, it's because
0: we learned the error of our ways and got the fuck out of it and didn't turn into 50 some odd year old people that embraced it wholeheartedly. <laughs> yeah. Um, Continue. So, yeah, our freshman dorm was structured in a way where we had. they I'll just get to it they did a full-blown experiment all right let's have a co-ed freshman dorm I don't think any other dorms on campus were co-ed they might have been but I don't think they were ours was Mm -hmm. and they were broken up by this hall on this floor would be this major on the other side of the building same floor would be a totally different major
2: yeah they were all science I think on the other side of our
0: correct and then first floor directly below us was business so it wasn't like the whole building was the same major it was just these 25 rooms are going to house people that if they don't have the same major it's going to fall under the same umbrella of uh oh what's the word not concentration but uh study or whatever like like for me i went to school uh for graphic design Mm -hmm. You know, I I was an artistic kid. I knew how to draw shit and I needed to learn how to draw shit using a computer in high school. Back in the 90s, uh, I had just started fucking around with Photoshop enough to uh, win some small little art shows that my high school had. I won a couple of T-shirt design contests for some basketball tournaments locally. So I had a little bit of that graphic design. I had enough to know. I think I can probably pursue this and carry this into something. So not having any other interests scholastically going into college, I said, well, that's the last thing I was good at. Let's give that a shot. So if you're a graphic design major, you fall under the liberal liberal arts uh, umbrella. Mm -hmm. So I got, uh, I got teamed up with you on our floor and the, the interesting thing though was like they didn't take all the guys that had a liberal arts uh you know degree or whatever. They also teamed up the girls on the same floor on the same hall with no divider. No. At all. Except maybe
2: the bathroom at the end of each hall. But no, I'm saying like that, no, yeah, there was no blocking off of regions so that we could not get into their realm.
0: No. It was it kind of reminds me of that scene in Wayne's world the first time when they're trying to get backstage and they're like, Hey, let us in. Our girlfriends are in there. And, they get, and then the, the bouncer dude is like, Hey man, a lot of guys, girlfriends are in there. <laughs> yeah. Like if you didn't have access to that first locked door mm-hmm. uh, and your girl, like let's say you, you had a girlfriend that lived on our floor yeah. and y'all were having a big, bad argument and you lived in another dorm. That had to, especially if you were a guy that lived in an all-male dorm, so you just had to fucking sit there in your building full of dicks, wondering <laughs> what your, if your girlfriend went two doors down to go commiserate her frustrations with another co-ed. Yeah. I never thought about that while we were living there, because it was just like, dude, <laughs> this is the greatest shit ever. Well, we-
2: wasn't Johnson
0: co-ed? I, that's what I'm saying. If I think it was, but it was separated. Like the whole side was this, the whole other side is that. And you, you, after 9 PM uh, guys have to be back on their side. If I remember correctly, that's how that was. Okay. Cause there were many a nights that I had to be snuck in. Uh, you had to get around the RAs. The RAs were kind of like the, the traffic cop. Mm-hmm. you know, always out there looking for people that were breaking the rules or whatever. And you had in to, other dorms In <laughs> not other dorms. Our dorm no, was it, not. <laughs> no, it started out. We had the worst RA. We had the oh, Naziest is. of Nazi. We had the biggest dickhead RA, uh, of the entire campus. Oh yeah. But he met a, a wonderful end, uh, very shortly. I think he was only there for the first semester. Uh, Long story short... I don't think it was uh,
2: even the full semester. I I think he was there until probably two-thirds through the semester.
0: Yeah. I I know he was there long enough for me to know he was a huge dick. And he was was a tyrant. Yeah. He was a power-hungry piece of shit. And he was an upperclassman. He was always stressed out. He thought that the work that he was doing and the shit he was studying was the most important bullshit. And we were just mealy mouth like little just peons oh y'all are just freshmen half of y'all gonna fail out he hated us Mm -hmm. oh he did he reviled everybody on his floor unless you did everything he asked you to do And coming out of high school i was a good like i was a goody goody i was a good kid you know uh i was (laughs) i was not I was nothing like the person leaving campus as I was coming (laughs) in. Yeah, no, not at all. Not by a long shot. But, like, I was a good kid, and he was a dick to me. Yeah. And I think that him treating everybody as shittily as he possibly could is what made me kind of go, hey, man, kind of like, fuck this being good shit. If all I'm going to do is just get in trouble the whole fucking time, there's, there are hot chicks across the parking lot doing keg stands, and I'm in here getting yelled at by this fat fuck about because I have shitty warm beer under my bed. Mm -hmm. Like, it's college, asshole. Yeah. So, long story short, he got fired because he could not rein in his desire for power. Uh, And he went into another kid's room and started rummaging through his shit because he was certain that he was going to find contraband. Oh, yeah. And surprisingly, he didn't, not because it wasn't in there. No, it was just because he couldn't find it because he was that big of a nerd. So he gets canned. He gets shit canned, and now we have no RA. Yeah, which was like you go from one extreme to the other. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you this. Um, if you're curious of what's more fun, if anybody, there, I highly doubt there's anybody listening to this that's going into college. But <laughs> no. if there's anybody out there that went to college. Uh if you didn't get your RA fired, you didn't you didn't do dorm life right. You didn't live. No, because living in a co-ed dorm with no RA was pretty fucking awesome.
2: It was. Oh, and we utilized the time wisely, I think.
0: We made the most of it. <laughs> yeah. Um I I I don't know what I would have done differently like if if I could go back into my 18-year-old body mm-hmm. but with my 38-year-old experienced brain. I might do a few things differently, but uh oh, I, I don't know <laughs> I don't know if I would be able to have any more fun than we had.
2: Anyway, well, I mean to to get back to my whole point of bringing that whole thing up. I mean, so you know, we we were having this check that that he was going to do this and uh you know, so in his infinite wisdom, this guy down the hall from us, which I will keep names out of this, uh for Anonymity's sake, um. But uh his sage wisdom for oh, we're gonna have a room check. I guess what I must have to do if I have a you know fridge full of beers, I gotta drink them,
0: and not just a couple of them. I gotta drink them all.
2: Yeah, and uh, this happens at like I I think we told him that was happening at like seven o'clock in the morning, if that. Yeah. And, you know, instead of doing the thing that most college kids do, which is I'm going to drink a shit ton when I'm supposed to be in class. So I'm not going to class. No.
0: He drank all of that and then came to class. Well, yeah. (laughs) He's a multitasker. He was multitasking, multitasking before multitasking was a thing.
2: Oh, no, there was no tasking going on by the time he
0: got into class. I don't know. I Other than pissing the art teacher off. Well, you know what the saying comes? Hey, give it the old college try. Yeah. He, he did that.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, it was my favorite because, I rem- you know, for the first 20 minutes of the class, he's just, you know, you, he couldn't articulate anything. But at the same time, he wanted to comment on fucking everything. Yeah. And so the teacher was ready to beat the fuck out of him.
0: He was kind of like me on this podcast, (laughs) uh, fully opinionated with no coherent way to get that message out. (laughs) Shit. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Some things come full circle. Yeah.
2: Well, and (laughs) I remember, so we get to the end of class and, you know, by the 20 minute mark, he passed the fuck out on his desk. (laughs)
0: drool puddle and everything (laughs) oh yeah it was awesome oh
2: and snoring just the loudest fucking snoring you could think of and um we get to the end of the class and um we're all you know walking over to his desk to kind of shake him awake and our teacher goes no he stays (laughs) (laughs) the whole point in what i'm saying right now that man is now a teacher
0: Yeah, and he's married to a hot lawyer, and they're living in a very large house Mm -hmm. with a handful of very beautiful children. He's doing quite well for himself. Oh, yeah. But there's nothing about the life that he lives today that would ever lead you to believe that he ever got so fucking blackout drunk at 7.30 in the morning and passed out in an 8 a.m. art class. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm saying college is kind of meaningless. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, uh, yeah, this is, uh, well... You know, this is the aptly name, ignore the rant, we rant. That was a good, you know, 30 plus minutes on just that. And I don't think I ever said it um, at, the, at the top. Thank you, what underscore what, one, two, three, four, for your review. Yes. We greatly appreciate it. Very and any, much. And anybody that leaves a good review such as that and from Bull Parade, we'll read it on air. And we'll, give you, we'll give you credit for it. Hell, even if you post a funny
2: one-star review, we'll probably read that shit. Oh, yeah. No, if, yeah. It's, if
0: it's clever and creative, let her rip. Yeah, please. All righty. And other outrage news, which uh, seems to kind of be our, our main wheelhouse. I, I like looking for stories where people are freaked out about things or they're outraged by something that I personally find either non-existent or ridiculous
2: in other words trivial and actually is meaningless to the you know to the course of life
0: yeah this one comes from comicbook.com man some of the websites we read articles off of on this show uh i've never seen before <laughs> yeah no i personally cannot vouch <laughs> if this website is good or not but i have heard this floating around and this was the first thing that came up when i googled it that mm-hmm. i'm giving you a a Behind the scenes look at how hard I've researched for this show.
2: <laughs> all I know is if I want to get my news fast and accurate, I check with
0: comic book nerds. This headline reads gta Five may be banned if new bill passes now gta five <laughs> for all those that are not uh literate in video game speak, is Grand Theft Auto Five, the video game series Grand Theft Auto, which is come under you know, uh, heavy duty scrutiny ever since I believe it was Grand Theft Auto 2, or maybe three. I can't remember the first one where it wasn't just directly overhead. I think it was Grand Theft Auto 3, um, where you're in Liberty City and you're running around and you're running over hookers and you're mm-hmm. you're killing people all willy nilly and carjacking folks. And I remember when that came out and it was back in like 2000, 2001, somewhere around then. Everyone was losing their shit saying. This game is too graphic. It gives people bad ideas. You'll, you'll see otherwise normally decent uh, suburban kids just running around cities, carjacking people, and shooting hookers in the face if this game is allowed to be purchased by anybody. You haven't shot a hooker in the face? Sadly, yep. no. Well, not with any bullets anyway. Hmm. Um, so the, the same argument has continued. And the same argument is, it, it, like, it never expires. You know, the, the, the argument that we had 20 years ago for Grand Theft Auto 3, we're just gonna copy-pasta this bitch 20 years later for Grand Theft Auto 5. And I'm gonna read a little bit of this article. Grand Theft Auto 5, also known as GTA 5, may be banned if a new bill passes. This isn't the first time the series and its developer, Rockstar Games, have attracted the attention of lawmakers and the U.S. government but it is the first time in quite some time the latest talking point about this game is representative marcus evans junior out of chicago mm. oh. who is seeking to amend a law that dates back to 2012 and prevents certain video games from being produced by mi- or being purchased by minors last week the lawmaker filed house bill 3531 an amendment that wants to not just ban the sale of games featuring psychological harm and carjackings to minors, but to adults as well. This is what makes this one different, is this isn't just making it age-restricted. It wants to ban it outright.
2: That's fucking crazy.
0: Yeah, according to Evans, these types of games promote criminal activities, which in turn hurt the community. The bill would prohibit the sale of some of these games that promote the activities that we're suffering from in our communities," said Evans. Okay, so what he's already saying is what is happening in Chicago is a result of these video games. Video games cause the bad things in real life. It, there's no way imp- in, in hell that the video game can be a reflection of different communities and different instances at different times for entertainment purposes. Mm -hmm. That's not how apparently this, uh, this congressman knows how knows the inspiration for, for entertainment Mm. is it doesn't come from real world, real life examples that have existed for millennia. Obviously they just make it up because they want to ruin society.
2: Of course. It's not like this shit was happening. Prior to the inception of this game, oops, I mean, yeah, it was. This comes up every few years that somebody's going to make it their crusade to cleanse the entertainment world of anything that they see as uh divisive or it's you know they they want to coddle our youth basically
0: well, yeah, yeah they they want to exile anything that is problematic Mm -hmm. you know he he continues on here and he says uh grand theft auto 5 in particular has become an issue i feel like this game has become a huge issue in this spectrum when you compare the two you see harsh similarities as it relates to these carjackings said walker in addition to banning the sale of games that fall under the aforementioned criteria the bill would also change the definition of what a violent video game is or more specifically to the following quote. Control a character within the video game that is encouraged to perpetuate human on human violence in which the player kills or otherwise causes physical or serious physical or psychological harm to another human or an animal. So, you mean every video game? So, what? (laughs) Pretty much. So, what you're doing there, if this bill passes as it's intended, is hunting simulator games can't exist. Mm hmm. Um, because that obviously could be argued that is causing harm to an animal. Yeah. So you're, your, your target just got a whole lot wider. You're no longer going after this one game that you're citing as the reason what you're really wanting to do is extend control over how people entertain themselves. Mm-hmm. That is the root of the reason why this story gets my attention and gets brought onto the show. Yeah it's looking at the true scope of what this would give Congress the power to regulate. And it's the way that we choose to entertain ourselves with. That is wildly unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Intensely, it uh, should be intensely pushed back upon by everyone. Even if you hate video games, because if you think that what, what can be controlled if their wishes are passed, that they stop there, you're a fool. They will just use this as precedent to then come after movies. And we'll we'll go back in time and start, uh, you know, uh, taking over music that we don't like or that carries a message that we don't approve of. Oh, look out, Tom McDonald. Your hmm. days are numbered. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean... <laughs> You know, think about this. This is coming from the government that has legislated and um, you know put money into our failing education system. The one put a shitload of money in it too. Yeah, and I mean, they don't teach you; they program you. I'm sorry, I don't want you in charge of my entertainment because obviously. The things that you have tried to teach me have not been very valuable. In fact, they've done more to make me question my humanity than actually being a part of my own humanity.
0: Yeah. And I don't know. Obviously, comicbook.com isn't going to have your hard hitting political of course not. forecast as far as what's the likelihood of this passing? You know, how far has it gone? Yeah I understand it's kind of clickbaity to to find articles like this and discuss them as though they have already been sure. uh you know written into law. But I think it's important to keep an eye on our public servants to see what their true goals and intentions are with how they want to utilize their time in uh wielding a little bit of power. Yeah, true. I mean, yeah, we
2: definitely need to make sure that we're keeping our eye on that stuff. Um, something, that I, you know, something unintended from this, though, mm-hmm. um, that I would find semi-entertaining would be the way the video game companies would find their ways around this, um, uh, you know, kind of in back in back in the 80s. You know, they had um, slasher films were becoming the all the rage. And the government was getting mighty pissed about it. And um, to the point where the MPAA was pretty much kind of like, "Um, yeah, we don't want this shit happening anymore. We're not going to, you know, release films like this. And so uh, what horror film uh, creators did to kind of get around it Is you got Puppet Master, Child's Play, all these, um, you know, movies where, um, you know, inanimate or usually inanimate objects um, did the slashing for the humans. Mm -hmm. So at least it did uh, provide us a little bit of entertainment to watch the movie creators tap dance around the bullshit that they're being told that they have to stay away from.
0: Oh, sure. And also, staying in the video game vein, you know, the simple way around this is, oh, everything's an alien now. Mm -hmm. You know, Halo, uh, games like Halo, everything would be Halo. You're just shooting zombies and aliens and shit. Grand Theft Alien. Yeah, exactly. We're going to go fuck up their planet. You know, you can't, they're not humans. You could even, you could so (laughs) bullshit it and just say, oh, yeah, if I was Grand Theft Auto, I would just say, no, this game takes place on a different planet. Those aren't humans. Yeah. Those are all aliens. What are you fucking moron? Well, hey, one of them was San
2: Andreas, which we don't have. It's an alternate universe. Well, all of them are. Yeah,
0: they're of course. They look similar, but if you if you listen to like the the infinity, um, well, it's not really an idea. I get. Well, fuck it. Okay, the if infinity effect means that there are an infinite number of Earths with an infinite number of us's sure. saying exactly what I'm saying right now an infinite amount of times. Even that pause there. I just, I just ripped off Joe Rogan verbatim. Oh, nice. That means that we're an official like true podcast now. <laughs> but anyway, we'll get back to the GTA. If they were smart, they would, they would utilize that idea to say that's not earth. And those aren't humans. So we'll see what happens. I don't know. It's, uh, uh, it might be the first and last time I ever go to comicbook.com for news, but um, it's, it's something, if anything happens with this and it, it starts to gain speed or gain traction and gain notoriety, it'll make it to the larger mm-hmm. uh, websites. And we'll still cover it and I'll still shit on it because I think that trying to ban things out of the perceived security of our children, especially when they're entertainment, I think that there's a long history there. If you go back to the 80s, there was a massive, massive push to outlaw certain music.
2: Yeah. Thanks, Tipper. Yeah.
0: Tipper Gore, the wife of Al Gore, famed, uh, failed presidential candidate. (laughs) Anyway.
2: You cost me my appetite for destruction tape. Thanks a lot, bitch.
0: Yeah. So their goal, they had hearings, they wasted a shitload of taxpayer money, and they pulled in. Uh, there, there's a famous clip of D. Snyder of Twisted Sister testifying in front of Congress talking about how heavy music, hard rock and heavy metal music was not detrimental to the brains of children. Because that's what they were arguing is that sure. this is going to damage their brain. It's going to give you brain damage. It's going to make you a Satanist. It's going to make you uh, subhuman because mm-hmm. it was just something that they didn't like. Yeah, It, it wasn't... It wasn't within their purview of entertaining. Therefore, it shouldn't exist at all. Oh, I enjoyed
2: listening to the coverage of all that during the time because, I mean, inevitably on every newscast, there was going to be a reverend talking about shit he d- didn't understand. One one such was hilarious where it was uh, a reverend talking about going to a metal concert. Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> I,
0: I think I remember this.
2: Yeah, and... He just talks about these slack jaw individuals that are just looking upon a stage, devoid of any emotion, with their hands up in
0: the air, as you know, kind of like they're being brainwashed or something like that. Hey, that's my job. I make people look at me the way that they're looking at these bands. This this thing looks like a church. We should outlaw it. Yeah, of course. Otherwise, they'll they'll turn their souls over to Satan. And their goal was to outlaw this music, like. That was what they shot for. What ended up coming out of it was the parental advisory Mm. explicit lyrics tag that had to be posted on the front album cover of anything that had a no-no word.
2: Which, you know what that meant for us at our age? Is it made it even more valuable. Oh, yeah. I have to have that now.
0: Yeah, I'll never forget. It was... Oh, fuck. I forget the movie. Hey, sister... Text me when you hear this and correct me where I'm wrong. But I remember I bought my sister a soundtrack to a movie in the mid-90s. It was Mm. a full hip-hop album. And, oh, I think it had Keep Your Heads Ringing on it. Anyway, I'm not even going to pause this to look it up. I don't care that much. But my point is, (laughs) is that I bought my sister this soundtrack, and I was such a fucking dweeb. I didn't know that you had to seek out the one with the parental advisory explicit lyrics. Uh, sticker on it. So I just bought the first thing they had at the front door and, and it was the, the censored one and I gave it to her and she was like, cool. I mean, it is the soundtrack of the movie I like, <laughs> yeah. but fucking hell Jim. Um, I would say I just flat out fucked up, but I honestly, I didn't know. I had no, that was a learning experience for me that you don't go and buy anything unless it has the danger sign on it. Exactly. And it immediately made it far more cool. You, you end up, as soon as you try to make something scarce, all you do is you increase the value of that thing. By the way, you just brought up the danger
2: sign. The name of the movie was actually dangerous Dangerous minds. Yes.
0: And it might not even been the soundtrack for that movie. And all honesty, I can't remember. So sister, again, if you stop, stop working and get, pick up your phone right now and text me what that movie soundtrack was, if you can remember it, because uh, she might, she might not e- even really held on to that memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but to me, I did because it was shocking. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, I didn't know. So it just never crossed my fucking mind. See, I had it on a lot of my
2: stuff. I, I, was, I was into Tupac, you know, N.W.A., yeah, all that stuff. I mean, sure, I had my metal, you know, um, uh, music as well. In fact, I mean, during this period of time that we're talking about, my parents weren't usually much of the referee to, you know, keep entertainment out of my hands. But right around this time, when it became such a hot-button issue, um, they did become more ultra concerned. I remember the casualties l- listed were, like I said before, guns and roses, mm-hmm. appetite for destruction. They're all gonna laugh at you. Uh the jerky boys? Or uh, no, Adam Sandler. No, Adam Sandler. Fuck. And then um this one cracks me up the most because this is from my parents' era, which was Black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Which, if any of you have listened to Black Sabbath, the name and their presentation has more to do with that name than any of their actual music. Most of their music is, has nothing to do with anything demonic. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I, it, my favorite song still to this day is um, War Pigs.
0: Which is just an anti-government. Uh, anti-war song. Yeah. So to try to get us back into uh, uh back on track this is what this leads to is if you try to ban something it only makes people want it more. Mm-hmm. Um so it, it's just stupid. It never results in the thing that they set out for. And we've already been through this. Mm-hmm. We've already seen this in the 80s uh and then what transpired in the 90s with everything having a tag on it. Sticking with the 90s, during this time, one of the greatest movies about changing culture, social activism, wokeness, whatever you want to call it, was created. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's aptly called
2: PCU. Amazing movie, if you've never seen it.
0: Yeah, if if you're in your mid to late 30s, you've seen this movie. Yeah, it was on Comedy Central like daily. Yeah, exactly. But this movie PCU, if you've never seen it, I got bad news for you. You can't find it. You can't find it. No, it's, it's been banned yet again, and I'm and I don't know if it's actually been banned. It's it's just not on any platform. No, it's been self censored because it is. It's highly accurate. It
2: is spot on. It's like you know. It, at least 10 years
0: ahead of its time. So the premise of this movie is uh, a kid is visiting this college, Port Chester University, PCU, to determine if he wants to go there in the fall. And he meets up with uh, a multitude of different groups. You have every group known to man, and they're all activists. They're all protesting something. They're all trying to you know, uh, make their voices heard for something. But the main group of protagonists in this are just an assortment of kind of grungy grunge kids at the time. This was the height of the grunge era. Mm -hmm. So flannel, shirts tied around your waist, all that kind of stuff. All they want to do is just rock out and throw a party.
2: This was like the 90s answer for Animal House in a way. Correct. Correct.
0: And I remember watching this in the 90s thinking, is this what college is like? So to me, us, I, I watched PCU, and I was like, "Dude, I can't wait to go to college." Mm-hmm. Not because of all the the, the crazy <laughs> activism, but it looked like a shitload of fun. Oh yeah! And if you rewind us about twenty minutes, you'll you'll hear that that actually kind of came true. But, very much. But PCU, so it takes place on a college campus, and it it mainly just kind of shows you how all these clashing groups of different people with very particular views, um. Uh, how they, how they just clash all the time and are, are at each other's throats. And uh, spoiler alert, fast forward two minutes if you don't want to hear the ending of a twenty-eight-year-old movie or whatever. But uh, they they solve all this by throwing a massive party and having George Clinton and the Funkadelic show up and play this major rager, and everybody forgets all their all their differences when mm-hmm. when you just throw a, a few kegs of beer and have a raging you know concert people tend to not really sit and look for a bunch of reasons why they got to hate each other well um, we did
2: mention i mean who knows how much of pcu not being found is actually due to you know anything having to do with the message of the movie of course i i do i do think that there's uh licensing things behind it and things like that not to mention um you know, the, one of the bigger stars in the movie who was not at all a star back then uh, was, um, help me with his. Jeremy Piven? Not Jeremy Piven. John course, Favreau? Yeah, John Favreau. And so it would not shock me if he wanted that movie kept out of um, the list of movies that he's known for, especially having gone on to, uh, you know, Marvel fame.
0: Yeah, I mean, that sucks, though. It, yeah. it really sucks because PCU is my favorite thing that has John Favreau in it. Yeah. It's incredibly
2: hilarious. I mean, and in fact, you can find an hour and seven minutes of it actually on YouTube. Um, yeah. Which actually, and I, I know, you know, I don't want to be taken down for any type of uh, uh, copyright shit. However, I don't think that, you know, we're not monetized, so I don't think that no. this would be a problem. Um, here's a little bit of a taste. ...for months and it all gets screwed up because you
3: can't control the students. Never send a woman to do a man's
1: job. You cocky, pointy-nosed Reaganite. If you hadn't provoked them, we wouldn't we're be in this mess. Excuse me? Reality check here. Ernst the tall bitch.
3: What is your fault? This is. Hey, poor boy parties with all your new friends i can see it now andrews you and all the knee-jerk bleeding heart liberals sipping tea and playing patty cake and those useless hippie potheads those commie pinko leftists the bunny huggers the pillow biters Wait,
0: which one which one of the pillow biters
3: the butt pirates oh. and those beastly man haters tell those chicks to shave their pits and call me the goddamn whiny crybaby minorities you can keep them off
0: one of the best scenes ever. The we're not going to protest scene at the end. Um, Amazing. It's a masterpiece. It, it, everybody needs to watch this. If you've never seen it, holy fucking shit. Go on, Cody. Uh, go to c- download cinematics on your iPhone uh, and and just torrent this fucking thing. Please. It's so fucking good. Oh yeah. It's uh it was funny when it first came out, but now it's like a it, it's a cultural ca- uh cornerstone.
2: No, I re- you know, I recall when it came out that I laughed my ever loving ass off at it, but when when you replayed it here, I laughed at a whole different level. Yeah, J- for different reasons. Yeah, completely different reasons. It's
0: it's one of the only movies where I enjoyed it very for very differently. I, I watched it from two very different angles. Uh, and that was how it was intended when it came out, and then now later on. It's it's one of the greatest things I've ever experienced as far as watching a movie.
2: Although like I think what we are going through is exactly what they intended. You know, to say, hey, keep going down this road. This is where you get to. Yeah. And it's not off. Um, we are I I think we a lot more nowadays feel like we have to walk around careful. Yeah. Uh, like we can't be ourselves. And um, that was something it very much spoke to is just, you know, pent up aggression, anger. How are you going to take that out? I've got to protest something.
0: Well, everybody showed or what they showed in that movie was how, when everybody's going out looking for things to be offended by, everybody's miserable you you make every you make the entire environment miserable for everyone mm-hmm. and the only way to get through it is to not buy into any of it and to try to find a way to uh, you know capitalize on what we all enjoy and what we all can unite around and rally around and that's as simplistic as it sounds is just having a good time and not being not not looking for our differences. Not highlighting our differences. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I had this like, whole philosophical breakdown of PCU. <laughs> One thing that they were showing in that movie is that if you, if you continue to go down this road, you're going to live in fucking Looneyville if these people end up running the world. And I think we're starting to see a little bit of that exemplified right now with some of the loonyish people trying to run the world. Oh, yeah, just a tad. And this comes from Dr. Rand Paul, who uh, they, they're having Senate committee uh, hearings uh, or confirmation hearings uh, for Biden's cabinet picks. And one of the more uh, provocative ones, I guess if you want to say that, is one of... <laughs> Miss Rachel Levine uh, to be on the, the health secretary, whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. I, I, again, not watching that much news anymore. I, I, I can't really give too much of a fuck, but I thought this was a good exchange uh, between somebody that we have referenced on this show before, somebody that I tend to agree with more times than not. Uh, there's a couple of good guys on the Hill uh, one being Thomas Massey, and the other one, uh, Doctor Rand Paul. The rest of them got a lot of work to do, but anyway, just enjoy this clip. This is about five and a half minutes. I'm just gonna let it play out.
1: <clears throat> Genital mutilation has been nearly universal. <laughs> okay, Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I,
0: I, uh, that's just a funny <laughs> way to start. I'm. <laughs> So maybe I should preface this a little bit. (laughs) This, this goes into asking about, uh, if the federal government should be involved in offering or allowing, uh, adolescents, children to make very long-term choices about their sexuality and, uh, their, their body's hormonal production. So, sorry, I forgot to really give a... uh, uh, <laughs> a
2: comprehensive kind of warning. Yeah, we kind of just
0: uh <laughs> rammed right into that one. So, uh it's like PCU, genital mutilation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cut your dick off. <laughs> All right, sorry. We'll we'll start that one again.
1: <laughs> genital mutilation has been nearly universally condemned. Genital mutilation has been condemned by the WHO, the United Nations Children's Fund, the United Nations Population Fund. According to the WHO, genital mutilation is recognized internationally as a violation of human rights. Genital mutilation is considered particularly egregious because as the WHO notes, it is nearly always carried out on minors and is a violation of the rights of children. Most genital mutilation is not typically performed by force, but as WHO notes that by social convention, social norm, the social pressure to conform, to do what others do and have been doing, as well as the need to be accepted socially and the fear of being rejected by the community. American culture is now normalizing the idea that minors can be given hormones to prevent their biological development of their secondary sexual characteristics. Dr. Levine, you have supported both allowing minors to be given hormone blockers to prevent them from going through puberty, as well as surgical destruction of a minor's genitalia. Like surgical mutilation, hormonal interruption of puberty can permanently alter and prevent secondary sexual characteristics. The American College of Pediatricians reports that 80 to 95% of prepubertal children with gender dysphoria will experience resolution by late adolescence if not exposed to medical intervention and social affirmation. Dr. Levine, do you believe that minors are capable of making such a life-changing decision as changing one's sex? Well,
2: Senator, thank you for your interest in this question. Um, Transgender medicine is a very
1: complex and nuanced field um, with robust research and uh, standards of care that have been developed And if I am fortunate enough to be confirmed as the Assistant
2: Secretary of Health, I will look forward to working with you and your office and coming to your office
1: and discussing the particulars of the standards of care for transgender medicine. The specific question was about minors. Let's be a little more specific since you evaded the question. Do you support the government intervening to override the parents' consent to give a child puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and or amputation surgery of breasts and genitalia? You have said that you're willing to accelerate the protocols for street kids. I'm alarmed that poor kids with no parents who are homeless and distraught, you would just go through this and allow that to happen to a minor. I would hope that you would have compassion for Kira Bell, who's a 23-year-old girl who was confused with her identity. At 14, she read on the Internet about something about transsexuals. She thought, well, maybe that's what I am. She ended up getting these puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones. She had her breasts amputated. But here's what ultimately she says now. And this is a very insightful from decision from someone who made a mistake but was led to believe this was a good thing by the medical community. I made a brash decision as a teenager, as a lot of teenagers do, trying to find confidence and happiness, except now the rest of my life will be negatively affected, she said, adding that the medicalized gender transitioning was a very temporary, superficial fix for a very complex identity issue. What I'm alarmed at is that you're not willing to say absolutely minors shouldn't be making decisions to amputate their breast or to amputate their genitalia. For most of our history, we believe that minors don't have full rights and that parents need to be involved. So I'm alarmed that you won't say with certainty that minors should not have the ability to make the decision to take hormones that will affect them for the rest of their life, will you make a more firm decision on whether or not minors should be involved in these decisions? Senator, uh, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced (laughs) field, uh, and if confirmed to the position of Assistant Secretary of Health, I would certainly be
2: pleased to come to your office and talk with you and your staff about the standards of care
1: and the complexity of this field. Let it go into the record that the witness refused to answer the question. The question is a very specific one. Should minors be making these momentous decisions? For most of the history of medicine, we wouldn't let you have a cut sewn up in the ER, but you're willing to let a minor take things that prevent their puberty, and you think they get that back? You give a woman testosterone enough that she grows a beard, you think she's going to go back looking like a woman when you stop the testosterone? You have permanently changed them. Infertility is another problem. None of these drugs have been approved for this. They're all being used off-label. I find it ironic that the left that went nuts over hydroxychloroquine being used possibly for COVID are not alarmed that these hormones are being used off-label. There's no long-term studies. We don't know what happens to them. We do know that there are dozens and dozens of people who've been through this who, who regret that this happened and a permanent change happened to them. And, you know, if you've ever been around children 14 year olds can't make this decision in the gender dysphoria clinic in England. 10% of the kids are between the ages of three and 10. We should be outraged that someone's talking to a three year old about changing their sex. I can't vote for you. you, if
3: you Thank like. you so much, Senator
2: Paul. Oh, and guess what that exchange was? Transphobic, apparently.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, you're not allowed to question it. And if you question it, then you're obviously a bigot. Um, it's not like, it's not like this guy, this Rand Paul guy, um, is just some uneducated, uninformed asshat that just wants to uphold a political party's talking points. He's a fucking doctor. Mm -hmm. And I know you can say, oh, he's an optometrist. Well, that's, do you know how much medical school, uh any doctor with any special specialized uh nature has to go through it, much less he's a father he has children he's been a child mm-hmm. his entire- his dad was a doctor he is from the medical uh you know arena the medical world asking a supposed uh future health director some very basic questions Based on what she has uh, come out and said in the past about what she supports. And that is that children should have the right and the federal government should provide these services to minors to make the decision, independent of what their parents would have to say about their own child's decision, to make lifelong, uh, lasting changes to their own biological form yeah that's fuck that's sci-fi shit Mm -hmm. where the government uh the biggest government in the history of the known world is now going to take part in your child determining their own biological makeup
2: yeah and if you somehow find this threatening then you should be cut out of the decision somehow.
0: I mean, shit, when I was a kid, I had to be a certain age and a certain height to be able to just go make uh, Velveeta shells and cheese mm-hmm. because there was a fear that if they gave me that permission too early in life, that I wouldn't know how to turn the stove off and I could have burned the fucking house down because as a child, I lacked critical thinking skills and the ability to conceptualize things. Yeah. Um of course. You know, to if if they would if, if you're not allowed to do your own laundry and and turn on the stove, should you should you really have the freedom to allow a doctor to start cutting off parts of you and 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 take in hormonal blockers and shit like that? It's like the obvious answer is this is so batshit fucking crazy that her response well, it it was a pre written, predetermined. I'm just gonna say this. Uh, if I answer anything with a positive response, I know that's gonna sink me. She knows that this is fucked up, mm-hmm. and I'm being respectful by calling her as she. She's yeah. an adult that made the decision to transition from a man to a woman. I don't care about that. You're an adult. You made that decision on your own. You know, good on you. If if that gives you a better quality of life and you feel like you can live a, a more fulfilled life that way, I, 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 wish you nothing but the best. But you're hundred percent. You're you're now taking your situation and you're trying to use the federal government to apply it to children. What the fuck is wrong with you? Well, yeah, and you know, a kid's
2: understanding of the word finality is not something you have at that age. I mean everything um that that the implications behind it their brains are not there yet to understand. I mean here here's a fact. you your brain is not 100% formed until you are 26. So To make a decision like that at nine years old? Are you fucking kidding me? Do you know how many things that I thought I wanted to do with my life at nine years old
0: that I put down the next week? Yeah. Do you know how many people that are our age right now that are regretting the fact that they have like a Nickelback logo tattooed on their back shoulder blade (laughs) that they got when they were 17, but they lied to the guy and said they were 18? Like... I'm more concerned about the person that's perfectly okay with the Nickelback tattoo on their shoulder blade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe government should have came in and stopped them from making some poor life choices. But it's funny that just not 20, 30 minutes ago, we were talking about a story where they were saying we must restrict video games because it's going to affect the way that these imbeciles uh, act out and think. Well, yeah. if they're that uh, susceptible to influence and make decisions that we feel are not in their best interest, why the fuck would we allow the federal government to come behind and give this same age bracket or even an age bracket younger than a video game play? If you're too young to even play the video game, we're trying to ban, but we think that you should be able to take these nifty pills that uh, turn you into something other than what you were born. Sure. That is the... That is the world in which that that is the lens in which I view the world. When I see things that to me are just bonkers and don't add up, don't line up, are not in any way, shape, or form based in reason, um, are, are just common sense. It's like the obvious answer is no. The federal government should not be for uh, miners making these life long, uh, everlasting changes to your body. And the government no. should also equally not be involved in telling people what they can and cannot be entertained by. Sure. The, the common point in all of this is stop trying to restrict things, uh, and stop trying to force things. Stop trying to utilize your power. Stop trying to wield your power in people's personal lives and get, let, let parents decide what they want for their children. Here's the thing. Kids don't have freedom. You None. know why? Because they're fucking children.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And we all know how fucking stupid children are. Yeah. Because we've all been children. To all of a sudden forget what it was like to be a kid, I think is the biggest travesty um, that you, especially if you're in a position of power, because you're going you're to you're start giving power to people that don't know how to fucking utilize it.
2: Yeah. No, and I, I hate how they're making this, some kind of uh issue uh for pa- this makes you transphobic apparently as a parent if you're not willing to entertain this for your child and it's completely like you know like you keep on saying insane and the reason behind that I mean, think about this I mean now, I do understand I had a few friends that from the word jump knew they were what they were. Um, The only kind of uh, example I really have for that is gay. And I've had friends that said, yeah, no, I I knew from the time that sexuality was even a topic that was being broached in my um, psyche. I knew that I was different. Mm -hmm. And I get that. But if you're asking me to... Believe the child should have the ability to say, Well, I was born the wrong way. Yeah, I have male parts, but I'm actually a female. That you can actually go ahead and take their word for it that they're not going to later regret that decision. Full blown adults have gone and made that decision and end up regretting it. That should be your signal right there. That should be your line in the sand. Am I sorry that maybe by going through puberty where it's going to solidify more of your chemical makeup? I'm sorry. Yeah, of course. But at the same time, I'd much rather place my bet on the fact that you may end up regretting a decision than making you ma- or helping you make one that, that ends up causing you to maybe want to commit suicide. I mean, I don't know the statistic. I can't mention it off the top of my head right now. But there is a great number of individuals who go through these transformations that find out it had nothing. I mean, sure, it may still have had something to do with their feeling out of place. But more times than not, those people end up still being depressed, committing suicide, not taking care of the thing that might be more behind it, which is the way that we see ourselves, the way that we live inside our own heads. That's not being addressed. And that scares, as somebody who goes through mental issues myself, That scares me more than anything that we're not seeking that out. And I'm not saying, Hey, I'm not saying don't seek out gender reassignment. If you feel that's going to make you happy.
0: And if you exhausted all these other channels first, Mm -hmm. because I'm just going to come out and say it. Um, I don't have great bedside manner. I might say something that's a little crass, but I think it's, I think it's no. Yeah, I know. Uh, breaking news Uh, I think it starts more uh, with this is something that exists in people's minds first is it's a perception thing mm-hmm. you perceive yourself not to be the thing that you are Um, and for uh, some people nothing's <laughs> ever going to shake that so mm-hmm. for them the best course of action is to be the thing in which they identify that they perceive themselves as and that's fine but for a shitload of others I think it's uh, something existing mentally that isn't really that. But if they're told, "Oh no, this we've," you can go ahead and fix that immediately. the The quick, short, fast answer is to just change your ginger.
3: Mm.
0: Just go and change it. You sound like somebody that already w- would be uh, apt for this. Or just go ahead and take these pills, and we'll go ahead and just start this process because somebody else is diagnosing them as they're not even stopping at the, let's go through a full psychological profile. Let's make sure that this truly is, you know, what you want to do and that you, you know, that you really mean what you say and that your claim is actually valid. Yeah. Um, somebody can't just change their gender on their own. It's going to require others. And if it requires others, medical professionals, hopefully parents, uh and hopefully a psychologist it, it's going it, to it requires more than just one person's decision to make this uh a a reality sure so i i th- i think that it's it's a harsh thing to say but it it does kind of expose itself when in this community you have by far the highest stats of suicide that immediately shows there's something going along with mental health. Let's address it as a mental health thing first. Just go through the steps and processes, slow the process down because it's something you can't, you can't just snap your fingers and say, ah, I was just, you know, for 10 years, I thought I was this, but really I'm, I'm so glad I didn't do anything, you know, Mm -hmm. life altering. I'm glad I didn't pull the trigger metaphorically speaking to make something that cannot be undone.
2: Well, yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I, I worry about. I mean, what takes us over a lot of times when being a kid is you're enveloped by fads. And I know how this is going to sound right off the bat, calling uh, gender identity a fad. You know, I'm not. I'm not trying to say that. But if a child decides to make a decision based on the fact that they think it's cool, I mean, if one in even a hundred is actually doing that, then that's far too many. I I I really get that um, from what's going on. I I can't tell you how many times I've talked to friends of mine that are parents that are just like, dude, you know, the stuff that my child watches just. Baffles me sometimes, uh, and some of the things that they end up saying based on that, and I, I think that's it's being fed to us that this is something that we should um be more exploratory about. And I'm not poo-pooing it. I'm not sitting here saying. And I I, I don't know how many times I've got to. It's like I'm trying to make sure that the PC police don't. Uh, come and fuck me up, but I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not something that I don't respect can actually occur, but I, I think that with this, um, I, I really do feel that our media, our entertainment sources, everyone is pushing an agenda, um, for us to feel uncomfortable within our own skin.
0: I mean, to me, the, the, I, I just remember growing up, you know, um, like I said, had had older cousins. I also had younger cousins, but I always looked up to the, my older cousins. You know, they already had cars. They were driving. And I would always say, man, I can't wait until I'm, uh, you know, this person's age. I can't wait until I'm driving. I can't wait until I'm, and my parents would always, hey, hey, slow down. Mm-hmm. You got the rest of your life to be grown. Exactly. Just be a kid. Mm -hmm. Go out, have fun, get dirty, play, make friends, make mistakes, fuck up, you know, learn to learn to get over things that you think are life ending. You know, you, you have no perception. You have no perspective, uh, when you're, when you're young at what, what the worst day of your life, when you're like 10, for most people in most circumstances, you can't even remember it when you're 15. Because yeah. you've had five five more worst days of your life by the time you're 15, like to make decisions because you feel bad when you're young that are going to be life long, It's just a bad idea. I, I I don't I don't think that we're changing any minds by anybody listening to us already. You know, obviously, if you're already listening to us, uh, you're probably uh, not not necessarily in lockstep, but you're you're already kind of in the same vein here. I just thought that it was interesting that you had you had this question presented in uh, Congress where it's like, we're trying to confirm you for this position that the president has nominated you for, and you're going to have a lot of power. You're going to have a lot of sway. You're going to have a Mm -hmm. lot of influence with this position for national policy involving health. Now, for everybody that keeps pushing for, and I'm going to keep hitting on this, For everybody that keeps pushing for a government-mandated health care plan where the government is in charge of your health care because it is so expensive and so fucked up now and there's a lot of problems with it now. But for those proponents that are pushing for the government to be in control of it, these are the type of people that will be making decisions for you based on your own personal health. Just let that sink in for a minute. Mm. And if you're still for that, then then this is the shit that you will have to agree with in the future as things get more ridiculous. And if if we get more activists in positions of power, whatever they want to push is what we will have to live with. Just remember that the more power that you vote away and give to them are the less decisions and the less freedom you have over your own life Mm -hmm. and your kids' lives.
2: Yeah. That's a scary thought right there.
0: Yeah. So this started out as a podcast uh, where we were just railing against current events and then, uh, you know, George Floyd happened, COVID, lockdowns. uh, You saw this big push and pull between government power. You also had the election coming up. I made plenty of claims about what I believed in politically. You know, I I identify as a libertarian. I think the libertarian party is shit. Uh, I think a lot of uh, the political world is just political theater, and I think it's all reprehensible. Even libertarians, I think a lot of them uh, are just terrible. But my main ideology, I I select the term libertarian because I'm against the governmental apparatus having the power that it has. Mm -hmm. That is the main reason in it. Sure. Uh, or that's the main crux to what I believe. Fuck a affiliation, fuck being libertarian, fuck this party, fuck the Democratic, uh, Republican, whatever, fuck them all. Um, but my, the, the closest thing that I can identify as is someone that is against governmental overreach of their power. And the more power they have, the more they're going to utilize that and in overreaching into your life with it. And that's why I think it's important to highlight these stories. Not just as of, oh, can you believe that uh, this trans person wouldn't answer a question about trans stuff? Like, pff, so hypocritical. No, it's intentional. They want this to be open to everybody so that you can make permanent decisions um, regardless of your level of intellect. Yeah. And, and you're not going to be able to prevent someone from making a horrible choice. Anyway. <sighs>
2: <laughs> you want to hear stoner Ryan's uh, reasoning for why uh, trans transgenderism and all these basically uh, body alteration things are actually occurring? Why? This is going to sound so convoluted and stupid because it, it literally is something that I was like stoned going, I wonder if. And it's like, you know, something that I, I've heard talked about by a lot of uh, nerds. Is uh, definitely when the singularity comes around, or basically when we'll be able to implant our consciousness into a machine, and I, I really do feel like this is the government's uh, you know game that they're playing to make sure that we lose some kind of actual um, connection with our biological self
3: mm-hmm.
2: that we are making the body um, much less of a, um, concern. And, um, I don't know, because I, I really do think that they want us outside of this, um, you know, biological being, they want us to move over to the machine because guess what happens then? They can control us a hundred percent.
0: Our source code is going to be in their hands. Yeah. The best way to defund police is to have nothing but Robocops uh, to police over their robo people. It's the matrix all over again. Like if you actually want to look some stuff up, uh, fine listeners who are a little more curious with a little bit more free time on your hands, look up the fourth turning, go on YouTube, look up the fourth turning. There's a lot of people that believe that we are in the quote fourth turning. And what that is, is, uh, it still kind of coincides with, remember back in 2012 or the buildup of 2012, the the end-of-the-world prophecies that were coming with the Mayan calendar uh, predicting the end of the world. Well, if you look back through the actual Mayan calendar, um, they had successfully predicted a lot of, quote-unquote, end-of-times, which were basically monumental changes in human history. Yeah. They didn't have full grasp understanding, and they didn't have, you know, the technology we have now. So, in all actuality, uh, you know, 2012... 2021 that's that's still within the realm of you know predictability still coming true kind of things and i'm not saying that i always say i'm not a conspiracy theorist but i like to pay attention to them sure because to me they some of the brightest minds because even fiction writers are smart people to me some of the brightest minds Are involved in a lot of these. Well, let's 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 take this theory and let's see how accurate it might be.
2: Let's Philip Philip K Dick the shit out of this. Yeah,
0: and nothing about any of that says this is going to happen or this is true or anything. It's just it's something else to look at, and it's a fun way to look if you start looking at those things and then look at kind of how. A lot of this is being presented. You go, holy fucking shit. (laughs) This this is kind of going in that direction. Mm -hmm. Um, There's, there's a lot of smarter people than I, that, uh, that I pay attention to. And, and this has come up a lot recently is this whole fourth turning and how societies collapse and how it's constructed and what they look like beforehand. And, how it leads up the, the, the biggest one that kind of mirrors what America is, is the Roman empire, because we are in fact, an empire with the greatest empire that's ever existed since the Roman empire. Sure. So it's natural to uh, immediately compare ourselves to them and what their society was going through leading up to their collapse. Cause the greatest fear is the cease of being. And so if you're an American, uh, you don't want everything to stop, uh, Existing and being or whatever, unless you think that it's the worst thing ever, but for normal everyday people, if your fear is, is that the world is going to end, the world's still going to be here. But as far as our world, the way that we perceive it and the way that we live in it, that could be coming to an end. Oh yeah. And the empire known as America could be ending as, as we know it, but it's still going to exist. It's just going to be very different. There's, there's a lot of parallels that Rome and the Roman Empire experienced leading up to their demise that we're going through right now, mm-hmm. and th- there's a lot of interesting things out there, um, and I'm not saying that, oh, there's a trans person in Congress talking about giving kids these drugs, therefore it's a sign of the end. I'm not <laughs> saying that.
2: Yeah, that would be a tad of a stretch.
0: Correct but it is interesting to look into those kind of things sure and if you if you allow yourself to be entertained in viewing these things through that lens it's amazing how a lot of things line up mm-hmm. um that's all i'll say is it's just interesting i don't i don't believe half of the shit that i bring to the show i i don't bring this to the show because i support it and believe it hundred percent or I disagree with it hundred percent and it doesn't need to exist. It, I'm just having a conversation. Sure. And I'd like to try to bring things up that I don't think are really totally in the spotlight. Um, but things that I think deserve a, a little bit of nuanced conversation and hopefully we're providing that. I don't know. Maybe we'll get another review and they'll tell us how nuanced we are
2: <laughs> or lack thereof.
0: True debt. <laughs> So that's, that's enough of American politics. We understand that uh, governments will government, and they will be a little overzealous uh, <laughs> and, and utilizing their power over their constituents. i got a story here out of Canada. What are uh,
2: those crazy Canucks up to these oh, days? Oh,
0: boy. Well, <laughs> they're, they're catching it pretty hard from, uh, from their government. The, the headline of this article reads, Once ready, everyone in B.C., that's British Columbia, will have to register for a COVID-19 vaccine. Once a COVID-19 vaccine is ready, B.C. residents will not be forced to get it. Oh, that sounds great. Nice. But they will have to register for it. Oh. Health Minister Adrian Dix said there will be a mandatory registration, quote, to ensure that everybody knows especially public health, knows who is um, immunized and who isn't. This is to ensure people are protected, he added. So they start off with, N- it, we're, we're not forcing this vaccine on everybody, don't you know? No. We just want to know the the wearaboots of, of those who have not been shot in the arm mm-hmm. so that we can all just shame w- the lo- fuck out of them. So that we can just look at them. Oh jeez. So it's a very short article. It's basically just headline fodder, you know. We will make everyone register for it that way we can keep tabs on the the unsullied of our of our community so that we know that oh they're not they're not living up to our standards. You got to get this shot. And we go from there, and we jump down to Australia. Dananda. Where the government would be oh, so happy if they could do what Canada is wanting to do, and that is get everybody on board with the vaccine. You know, this vaccine, which we've already come out and said time and time again on this podcast, it's not a vaccine. No. It, it doesn't just, fit
2: the requirements. No.
0: Anyway, Australia is... Coming up against a little bit of, uh, what's the word, resistance hmm. to their their big push to get this uh, vaccine to be widely accepted by the public. And they made some news recently because, you know, they had the Australian Open, uh, which is a world-renowned tennis tournament. And, um, well, I'll just shut up and I'll just let this soundbite or this this clip... Uh, speak for itself.
3: The trophy ceremony for the Australian Open men's final
2: has been marred by booing. Tennis Australia president Jane Herdlicker was forced to pause during her speech last night when she mentioned the rollout of the COVID vaccine.
0: She thanked the Victorian government for ensuring the tournament continued despite a hotel quarantine issue and snap lockdown in Victoria.
1: It's been a time of... Heartfelt uh, challenge. It's been a time of deep loss and extraordinary sacrifice for everyone. And with vaccinations on the way, rolling out in many countries around the world, it's now a time for optimism and hope for the future.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, vaccines. Australian
0: for go fuck yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Would have to guess and say they're they're not on board so much. So, um,
2: I would say that's
0: a safe assumption, Jim. Yeah, I fucking love it. By the way, <laughs> so, but what does what do the people in power? What do the powers that be have to say about this? Well, let's check in with them.
1: Well, the Deputy Prime Minister Michael McCormack has condemned the crowd's behavior. Oh. I think it was rather dis- disgusting behavior. I don't like booing at any, any event and certainly any sporting event. But Jane Hurdlicker, of course, her involvement with Tennis Australia making that speech last night mentioned vaccines and got booed. Well, that's not Australian. I'm sorry. That is just un Australian.
0: Hmm. <laughs> I, I couldn't help understand what he was saying because his words are just so funny. They just sound so funny. Australia. It's just not Australian. All right. Well, enough of uh, ragging on people's accents. We live in Georgia. <laughs> I am. I live yeah. in. I'm in no place to start shitting on accents. I'll tell you what, because I, I hear that uh, I might have an accent from a time or, you know, a time or two.
2: Yeah, I, I would say that's a possibility.
0: But it's just, it's just funny to me that why, why come out in front of a live crowd You know, of your countrymen that is getting to experience something that most of the world has not been able, not been allowed to experience, and that is going to a stadium, spending your own money to go see an event that you want to see, and then you get fucking, uh, you get, not chastised, but you get preached at. Yeah. Hey, bitch, we're all in a stadium. We're all still here. We're more aware now of the risks of it. We, we're, we're not saying that it's not deadly or that it's not killing people. We just know that we, can, we as a people mm-hmm. are ready to move on with life. Not to mention, I mean, I'm sorry. I mean,
2: we dealt with this with the Super Bowl and the NFL season at large. Keep the government out of our shit. We are here for escapism
0: at its finest. Shut the fuck up and play ball. Yeah. Well, like, where's the big spike coming out of Tampa? Where's this mm-hmm. huge, you know, where, where, where are the spike in deaths? Where are the bodies from the Super Bowl being in Tampa and everybody celebrating without masks and crowding on the roads? Remember the coverage the, the night of the Super Bowl after mm-hmm. Tampa won and uh, people were just lining the streets, going to bars, not wearing masks, not giving a fuck? Super spreader fucks. Yeah, where 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 are the numbers? There aren't any. No, they don't exist. And also, uh, you know, there's a big event going on in Florida this weekend uh, in Orlando that just wrapped up today. Uh, CPAC, and they held it in Florida for multiple reasons. A, it's it's still Republican. B, it's the most wide open, brazenly wide open state in the entire country. And see Mar-a-Lago, and they're they're well, yeah, <laughs> but their population they have a population greater than New York. Yeah, they their elderly population is uh, you know next to none. You know, it has more old folks down there that have retired from other parts of the country coming down to enjoy the warm Florida sun. Not to mention you, it's also the it's also the home of Florida Man, where mm-hmm. even in good times they're taking drugs and eating each other's faces off and you know doing all kinds of other crazy shit they're doing so much better than either California or New York other two very populous states that had very rigid lockdowns in fact they have all of their uh main data points are better than both states mm-hmm. per capita yeah so again It's almost like not giving a fuck
2: and actually treating this the way you should reduces stress, which, by the way, reduces how much you get sick.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's strange coincidence. It plays a big fucking part in it, that's for sure. Yeah. But, you know, not for nothing, this whole idea of lockdowns and do they work and why are we doing them to begin with, Uh, just nobody knows where that idea actually came from. Look into it. It came from a 14 year old that did this for a school project. And his dad, who is like a data analyst, um, said, Hey, you know what? Let's, let's run these numbers even larger to like a nation or whatever. And let's do some mock scenarios. And their, their model Uh, you know, came to their conclusion that it would slow the spread of communicable diseases. This was presented back in, I think the GW days Mm. and the federal government adopted it as policy. Mm. And any president that comes afterwards and dares to question it or say, I don't think we need to go down this road. I, I don't, I don't see the science here. Yeah, Science denier I can't believe he disbanded this This was This had been in place since George W. Bush And he was a Republican It's like, okay Well, stop living on the hyperbolic train And let's actually look at Where this shit actually comes from Who are these Think tank geniuses That come up with these crazy models And these insane plans For our own good Hmm. And if you actually go through them all You'll realize that Most all of them are bullshit. Yeah. They're not worthy of following. They're definitely worthy of mocking, questioning, and ridicule.
2: So, yeah, the moral of the story is if you're getting policy from the science fair, you're probably not doing a good job.
0: Yeah. So, so Florida's doing awesome. Mentioned it a minute ago. That's where they had CPAC. Which and, was kind of entertaining for the last little bit of it. Well, CPAC had been going on for the whole weekend, or maybe even days at this point. And uh, Governor DeSantis got up to speak and just basically spent the whole time dunking on every Democrat governor in state that went hard on the lockdowns. He was kind of COVID teabagging? All things considered. <laughs> I think he's the frontrunner for the next president if if we were to have a election now, you know, he got up and spoke, uh, late last week and everybody was just like, that's the guy. Yeah. And then it was known word came out. Oh, rebel, 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 rebel. We're, we're hearing that somebody might speak. Um, it's not confirmed, but we're getting pretty good word that, uh, Donald Trump is going to speak at this thing. Mm. And then immediately, cause originally I had Rick or, uh, Uh, Governor DeSantis clips to play because he fucking went full Chad on the entire (laughs) uh, COVID thing. Nice. Did he he
2: at any point say, uh, go fuck yourself, Gavin Newsom?
0: uh, Basically. (laughs) Sweet. Yeah, he, he went hard after Newsom and Cuomo. And he made... A lot of people are going hard after Cuomo. <laughs> well,
2: apparently Cuomo <laughs> went hard at some of his female <laughs> aides. Uh,
0: mm, we'll, we'll save the developments in the Cuomo story for a future episode because yeah. I'm
2: certain... There's more coming.
0: There's Yeah, there's more coming. It's a full court press to get him out of office, and I just want to wait until there's uh, enough to really cut through. But um, But yeah, so no, DeSantis did great, and I put him after he spoke as a number 1 next governor or next presidential candidate from the Republican Party it just seemed that crystal clear and then old orange man had to come out and say mm, i th- i mean you're in my backyard i got to i got to come mm-hmm. stop in and say hello if for nothing else to just Let the people know that, uh, you know, I'm still around. So we were sitting there getting, uh, well, waiting for Trump to uh, come out and speak. In fact, that was the uh, only reason why we're recording as late as we are. Because I was like, we got to, I don't want to record and have a show out. And because who knows what the fuck Trump is going to say. Yeah. and Well, you had a pretty good idea what his first line would be. And I mentioned to you (laughs) as we were waiting. Uh, for him to take the stage, I was like, how soon in his speech before he says, do y'all miss me yet? No, 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 no. Your, your
2: verbatim pretty oh, much okay. was, how much do you want to bet the first thing out of his mouth is, you miss me yet?
0: Oh, well, you make me sound better than I make myself sound.
2: No, it was,
0: it, it was beautiful
2: because, I mean, literally, you said that only five minutes before the thing
0: actually came on and we both just kind of looked at each other and it's like holy shit and lucky for our listeners we have the start of a speech for you right here
1: well thank you very much and hello CPAC do you miss me yet do you miss me
0: (laughs) a lot of things going on Okay, well I didn't have a lot of things going on as uh, my parlay. No. <laughs> but if I if it was a betting line <laughs> where it was is he going to open his speech with do you miss me yet? Ugh. I would have I, I would have been like the Wall Street Bets guys. Yeah. I'd have been filthy rich and talking all mad shit on the internet. So well, I'm not filthy rich, but I'm still going to talk mad shit on the internet. I mean, I would have.
2: I was impressed, even though it's a presidential trope at this point, <laughs> to ask if you're missed.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I will be honest. I I do miss Trump. Yeah, I do miss Trump for not for the reactions to him, not for the 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 petty differences and divisiveness that he brought along with him. But you got to admit. If you're honest with yourself, he is far and away the funniest president we've ever had. Hilarious. Yeah. I mean, unintentionally, but hilarious. Like, and I mentioned it tonight. We watched the full, however long it was, two and a half hour long speech that he gave. And first of all, just ask yourself, could Biden get up and give a two and a half hour long speech? Nah. Like the state of the union, whenever that happens, is going to be about 15 minutes. Before he's got to take a little, you know, his ninth nap of the day. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Kamala actually gave half of it. (laughs) But, and I mentioned this when we were uh, watching the entire speech, I was dying laughing at places where nobody else was laughing because his speech pattern, just the way he emphasizes certain words and the fact, (laughs) to me, I see, I get the humor in Trump. Sure. That's why I never got the hatred of Trump. Like, I understand the people that do hate him. I totally understand why they hate him. But everything they hate him for, I find hilarious. Mm -hmm. I just think that (laughs) anybody that's going to go up there and say the ridiculous shit that he says, you know, you got to have a sense of humor. Sure. And I think that's the biggest thing that is missing in America today is there's no activist out there that knows how to laugh at shit and, and t- not take themselves seriously. Everything is so serious. Everything is a matter of life and death. Vote like your life depends on it. The, the earth only has nine years to live. Uh, everything is just so fucking like, you know, ugh. Mm-hmm. Um, you're white. You're, you're basically a slave owner. You're it's, the left is so fucking just doom and gloom. They've lost their sense of humor. You know, there's this whole thing online, like the left can't meme. What are memes? They're a form of humor. Sure. And the reason why the left can't meme and why all their memes just have paragraphs is because they've lost their sense of humor. They lost their ability to mock themselves and laugh at themselves. Um, if I was a, a, an actual Republican, I would still find Trump hilarious. Yeah. If I was a lefty, I would find Trump hilarious not as some villain. I'm a libertarian. I find Trump to be wildly hilarious because, if anything, he's mocking the entire institutions of power.
2: Well, I'm not going to pretend like I spent the entire time of his presidency thinking of how hilarious he was. In fact, prior to probably um, 2019, um, he was anything but hilarious to me. But I do see the humor In the things that he said, especially when you realize a good portion of the shit that we like to hate on him for saying are
0: wildly taken out of context. You mean to tell me in the first 2016 presidential uh, debates where Megyn Kelly tried to hit him up on, you refer to women as cows and, and, you know, ugly fat blobs. And he goes, nope, I only said that about Rosie O'Donnell. Like, that's that's fucking hilarious. Yeah. He was that guy before he ever got into office. Once he got into office, it was the same guy saying the same shit. So that's why, to me, I thought he was hilarious the whole time. Because I knew even in the beginning of his presidency, the whole Russia collusion thing, I knew it was bullshit. Because mm. if you were paying attention to the right channels of information that was actually seeing it as it was happening, going... No, <laughs> what they're saying here, that guy works for the CIA. Uh, this other guy was paid by Hillary Clinton. This whole steel dossier, the FISA this and that. If you already know it's bullshit, you don't fear him to be this villain that they're trying to build him up to be. But if you can't have a sense of humor, then I totally get why you think everything is doom and gloom. Yeah. So that's it for this week. I I do want to pass
2: on to maybe the one or two fans that are like, hey, what happened to the writer's block? And uh, definitely (laughs) part of it was the block that I had last week. But it really, I I don't want to come at the audience with um, writing for the sake of writing. And I think that's what it turned into. Um, I'm going to bring it back, you know, here and there when I have something passionate to talk about that, I think that I, that needs, um, you know, a forum of five minutes or so. so. Sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And this has always been a free, like an, an open kind of a forum. So yeah, do with it what you want. For Sure. I I want to go back and thank our second reviewer, what underscore what, (laughs) one, two, three, four. Uh, We appreciate the review and the five-star rating. I would implore anybody that enjoys what we're doing here, drop us a rating. If you feel so inclined to leave us a review, we'll read the motherfucker. Mm -hmm. I'm like Will Ferrell in, um, in Anchorman. Whatever you put in front of me, I'll read. Go back to your home on Whore Island. Yeah, go fuck yourself, San Diego. <laughs> but um, it's just it's just awesome. We asked for a few reviews and we got them. Yeah, and you know what? Somebody had something to say about that. Who would have thought that's gonna happen, Jim? <laughs> we'll see you next week.